What up, what up, what up? This is your boy Roy, and you are now tuned into Back to Center Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to life, love, and the millennial struggle. Ladies and gentlemen, les amis, bonjour, comment vas-tu? How you doing? We got a lot to talk about as per usual. You know, I've been inspired lately by stepping out of my comfort zone and, you know, trying a lot of different things. And that's definitely a topic of today, the topic of discussion. We're going to talk about how to step out of your comfort zone, how to become one with the best version of yourself and why we should lean into fear. A lot more topics to come, of course, but we'll be right back after the break. This is your boy, Roy, and you are tuned into Back to Center Podcast. Let's go. check this out so i got a totally new request for you guys if you like this podcast subscribe to it if you like it that much leave a review i don't care what the review is good or bad let me know your thoughts and i appreciate you for tuning in this is your boy roy thank you for tuning into the show Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everybody. And also, happy Sunday. If you are listening to this on this beautiful Sunday morning, I want to wish you a very happy Sunday. I hope your weekend's been going good as well. So, guys, I have a great announcement. Um, Yeah, great announcement. (laughs) I don't know why I'm so underwhelmed. I think because mainly I know the next objective after what I'm what I'm going to announce is going to be that I have to now spread the news like hardcore and I really have to do a lot of my own marketing because I have a lot of time but I don't have the kind of corporate capital required to really get a marketing team behind me so it's a little daunting and uh, nevertheless though I am excited um, I finally finished editing my manuscript originally I was going to publish with Balboa press but I ran the numbers and I realized I'd be losing a big chunk of my sales to like people that didn't necessarily have a big hand in the project except for putting it together, getting the cover and stuff. So I decided to go the self-publishing route. And uh, by, I'd say, midpoint of this month, I will be a published author. You could find my book, How to Finally Lose Some Fucking Weight. Yes, there is a curse in there. How to Finally Lose Some Fucking Weight. You will be able to find that on Amazon and available on Kindle. As well, you'll be able to find it on my own personal training website as well. That is www.scintilla, S-C-I-N-T-I-L-L-A, pt.com. Uh, the good news about it is it's it the book, it's I don't want to say it's hard to explain, but the motivation behind the book was A, to be quite frank, I was tired of being asked that question. I mean it's a great way to get clients and obviously I still answer that question, but I was tired of not having a a one-stop shop source. I mean I am the source in this case, but I, I wanted to have my own separate entity, my own separate asset to where if people have that kind of inquiry And, you know, they can't afford personal training, can't afford the consultations. You now have a a way to go ahead and do that. And to be quite honest with you, the book in itself is the way I explain everything. I explain to you how to create your own workout program. I explain what nutritional guidelines to look for. Again, I'm not a nutritionist, but from my experience, I could tell you for my body what has worked. But the most important thing is that book, the book that I've written, How to Finally Lose Some Fucking Weight, gives you... The power. It puts the keys back in your hands. For example, think about how many times you've went to a gym and, you know, tried to ask for help of some sort. And every time you asked for help, it was instantly a funnel into a sale. 
considering I was on both sides of the spectrum, I've been someone who was just asking for help in a gym and I've been the person to offer the help. It's annoying on both sides because sometimes people just want help and they don't want a sale. And sometimes you just want to help and you don't want to sell, but you're kind of forced in this conundrum regardless if you're the seller. So considering I now work for myself, I have my own business for more or less, and this is going to sound bad, but for more or less, I want to kill the personal training industry. It sounds terrible, but realistically, I do. And the reason being is because I find a majority of personal trainers truthfully don't empower their clients. Like, I don't expect you to be with me forever. I don't expect my girlfriend or, and it's a little, like, I guess you could say neurotic to think about it that way. But truthfully, I don't expect you to be with me forever. So the goal for you is to learn as much as you can from me. And my goal for you is to give you as much information as possible and hope and well, not hope, but design a program that is safe and is congruent to your objective and helps you along your journey along the way. So the book, it'll show you how to create your own program. You're going to learn planes of motion in basic humans, like human English. It's not going to be from a super scientific standpoint. There are some scientific uh, technical jargons within that lexicon. It is within the lexicon of personal training and science. So I wanted to keep it within that realm. Um, and also, you've got about 10 years of experience and education on my end from what I've learned, what to do, what not to do, what works and what doesn't work. And it's a constant evolutionary process, you know, where I'm in particular, I'm always learning and I hope you are always learning too. But the goal of this book is to give you somewhat of a foundation to start building upon and then create it, create your own. You know what I mean? Like, you can't necessarily break rules unless you know how they work. And when I say break rules, I don't mean from a malicious intent to be defiant, but I mean in order to customize it and make it your own. You know, and that is a perfect segue into what I want to talk about because when we talk about making your own life and making something you can be proud of, there's a lot of fear in that. So a great example of this is my own life currently. Right now, I'm in technical sales school where I'm learning how to sell technology from business to business. And although I do like it, the pretenses of this job, and there's nothing wrong with working, but I'll explain why I feel how I feel in a minute. But the pretenses of this job is you work a nine to five. As of right now, because of, you know, C19, you are not working in a cubicle. You're working at home. So that's the benefit. There's no, you know, commute. Um, however, it is a nine to five job. Now, when I think about myself, I have my hands tattooed, like my fingers are tattooed. I already have my own business. I'm more or less looking for, I'm looking for a backup plan, or at least that was the thought, right? But the real thought there was fear. The only reason why I decided to apply for that school was because I had an epiphany one day and I was like, holy shit, what happens if my business falls through? What am I going to do next? So I immediately jumped into school. So I made a move out of fear, but what I really love to do is train and work for myself. And even though I haven't necessarily seen the hundreds of thousands of dollars that I'm projecting or aiming for, that doesn't mean that it's not going in that direction. It just takes a little bit of patience and the ability to overlook and override that fear. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting in this virtual class. It gave me college flashbacks all over again, just like when I was sitting in the College of Staten Island, it was like the first week of the semester. It was fresh. This is the third time I tried college because I got accepted to Hofstra. I didn't commit. I got accepted to Nassau Community College. I couldn't get an apartment in time. And I had applied to College of Staten Island. 
And I, I actually, this shit is the fourth time because the first time I applied to CSI, I only did the prerequisite courses. And then I kind of went astray because I, you know, I was driving an infinity and I got caught up in women. So that nerfed my chances. But then I decided to go ahead and try again because working at Planet Fitness just wasn't cutting, cutting it for me at that time. Um, and then again, I went through the whole prerequisite course, prerequisite course, excuse me. Um, and then I took the first semester of classes. And when I was handed the syllabus from the professor, I was in cinema, which is the funny thing, because to be inspired to drop out of school when you're in cinema says a lot about how you think of school. And at a, a point in time, I did love school, but I realized how much of a, uh, how it makes you a cog. And Jordan Peterson has a very good point where he says that's, that's kind of like a part of the deal. Like a part of the deal is going through being, becoming a cog in the machine to understand the ins and outs of the machine and then becoming inspired enough to go ahead and step outside those boundaries and then creating your own machine perhaps without cogs, hopefully. But in this case, when I was in CSI and she handed me the syllabus, I asked the teacher, I was like, hey, can I go use the restroom? May I be excused? And she was like, you don't have to ask. Feel free to just go ahead and, and leave. You know, if you want to take your stuff with you for security purposes, go ahead. In my head, I was like, fucking perfect because I am out this bitch. I am not coming back at all. So I took, I took the syllabus I took my jacket, my book bag, basically all my shit. There was this girl that I was talking to, and she, you know she was really cute. She she inspired me to go to the first four classes, but then I found out she had a boyfriend. So at that point, again, motivation absolutely nerfed, and then I decided to drop out. It's been a long journey as to my point to my decision to drop out and where I am now, and there is an or there's a mix of chaos and order that needs to be maintained throughout that. But one thing is for certain, regardless of the circumstances, whether times are good or bad, or I have to work more, I do not want to work a nine to five job. It just does not suit me. It does not suit my lifestyle and it doesn't suit the things that I have. So I was sitting in class just like I was in CSI. And after class was done, you know, the kicker is the classes are only two hours a day. Like literally, they're only two hours a day, so it's it's not a big deal. But again, here I am, you know, making a big stink out of it. Perhaps I am not making a big stink out of it. I, there is some validity to what I'm saying, but nevertheless, I don't want to work a nine to five job. So on that day of class, before I decided to take a three day hiatus the following week, we had the we had the intern supervisor or like the intern manager, I guess you should say. And he was basically describing the job. At first, honestly, at first, I thought there was no cubicle circumstance. I mean, you keep hearing this quote, the new normal. So I was under the impression that I'm never going back to a fucking office ever again. I've, I've only worked in an office probably one or two times. One or two times at max for about three to four months apiece. So let's say on the, on the heavier side, I have about eight months of office experience. Compare that to about 10 years of personal training experience or a 9.75 if you want to be technical on the math. So I already know my heart is not in a cubicle. So when he said that, I was just like, oh, great. Here we go again. Time to go over this whole entire debacle. And I, sometimes I always put myself in that position where I take up more work when I'm anxious about my real goals, 
when I'm not exactly sure how to go about my actual goals or my next move, I just decide to pick up more work because I figure that would be, you know, that would be the thing to do. But it's not. Absolutely not. So the question, the question here is, how do we become the best version of ourselves without the fear of becoming the best version of ourselves? Because at least for me, that's really what it is. I had to step outside of the class when it was done. And, you know, I took a walk. I live by the beach, so I, I walked on the boardwalk. It's fucking brick, but whatever. I need to clear my head. And I was thinking about that. I was like, well, I don't believe I would have picked a backup plan unless I thought my plans wouldn't go through. And if I'm constantly preaching about motivation and things of that nature, why am I now at this point where I am? I feel I'm on the upswing why am I now looking to nerf my upswing? <laughs> That's been like my word of the week, nerf. Why am I willing to now shorten my chances just to have a quote-unquote safety net? And realistically, there's no security in having a job. Are you kidding me? If anything, that's an even riskier position, in my opinion, because let's say your manager doesn't like you. You know, it, it doesn't, you already have a target on your back. It doesn't take much for him to fire you. I know this from working at Equinox. When I got fired because some lady asked me a super asinine question as to asking me, why am I asking her how many sets she has left on this leg press? Meanwhile, I've got my like $1 million net worth client standing next to me with a fucking tight ass Equinox shirt and a name tag. Like, are you fucking kidding me? But that was enough for me to get fired. So why would I even put myself in a position where essentially I'm in someone's hands? So going back to what I asked, how do we come, become the best version of ourselves without the fear of becoming the best version of ourselves? We'll talk about that and dive into a little bit more once when we come back from this break. This is your boy Roy, and you've been tuned into Back to Center Podcast. Really feel like I'm the man in this shit. That's hands down. Really feel like I'm the man in this shit. That's hands down. Old time, how I move this clip. No more round. I really feel like I'm the man in this shit. That's hands down. Sticks and quill when we ride in this wheel. Can't play around. Got a bad bitch on the passenger. Rubbing on her thigh. Wanna really see what's in my soul. Look me in my eyes. So much wrong, but what you don't know won't hurt you, won't hurt you. Step into it with no expectations, so I know I won't get hurt. Tough guy on the net, why put his face on the shirt? Besides my gangsta shit, you know I got a side for you So lay your head up on my chest if that's what you gotta do Put down your phone, ignore them texts, don't let them worry you Digging your pussy in that mirror, I'm like, look at you That's what you screaming while I'm in it I won't stop till we finish, no, no. You probably ain't had it in a minute, got a real I really feel like I'm the man in this shit. That's hands down, sticks and quilt when we ride in this wheel. Can't play around. 
Got a bad bitch on the passenger, rubbing on her thigh. Wanna really see what's in my soul? Look me in my eye. I done so much wrong, but what you don't know won't hurt you. Won't hurt you. Patience, loving, wasted time. Pills and weed and coding lines. You got flaws and I got mine You wore that dress just to fuck with my mind oh, You ain't see what I was seeing You was quick to believe me, oh, no Fast forward, you was speeding I hear tires screeching, hitting you, it's not long Had your weight on my heart and it wasn't my Time in love with someone else, what I feel like I lost Tried to judge me for the drugs, but they know they life wrong I really feel like I'm the man in this shit That's hands down, sticks and quilt when we ride in this wheel Can't play around, got a bad bitch on the passenger Rubbing on her thigh, wanna really see what's in my soul Look me in my eye, I done so much wrong Welcome back, everybody. This is your boy, Roy. As you know, or if somehow you probably tuned in and skipped all the way ahead, I took a look at my analytics and, you know, I want to say thank you because you guys listen to more than half of my podcast, which is amazing. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if people just like jumped around listening for bits that they wanted to listen to. So if you did that, welcome back. All right. So going back to what I was saying before, we were talking about how to lean into fear or better yet, understanding what fear is, right? So we all have a basic idea of what fear is. Fear is basically the mechanism in your brain. I believe it stems from the amygdala, which is the reptile part of your brain. And it basically lets you know when shit is fucked. I mean, that's that's how it works. Like that's the basic point of it, right? However, the problem with fear is that fear does one of two things. It does make sure that you are safe, However, because fear is such a blinding mechanism, in other words, it kind of just blankets everything that's outside of your comfort zone as danger, it limits you from a lot of beneficial things that you can encounter once you embark embark, excuse me, on these journeys, right? So if you think about it, fear, it does play a heavy role, but it's also one of our Achilles heels. And I know much like my own circumstance where I'm afraid of failing in business, so I decided to pick up a, a second, you know, a second route just in case. I know you, listener, there's definitely a moment or there has been, have been a moment in your life where, you know, you played, you played out a certain situation based off of fear and not proper strategy and having a proper understanding of what to do for your own circumstance. And that's really what it is. I believe fear is a, really a, a amalgamation of not knowing what to do about a particular circumstance, obviously being stressed and all these other things, which leads you to just, you know, analysis paralysis and just not being not being proactive in your own life and not being a, a participant of your own life. So how do we work around this problem? Well, the good news and bad news is that the bad news is there's no real way to work around fear, but the good news is you can work with fear. And What I mean by is, and I'd like to quote Ralph Waldo Emerson, 
He said, quote unquote, slightly inaccurate or accurate, we must lean into the things that we fear the most. And that's very poignant. uh, And it sticks out to me because when I think about everything that I'm trying to do right now in my own life, like currently I'm writing books, I'm doing podcasts, I'm training clients, I'm painting, I'm making music, I'm modeling, I'm in school. There's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts within my own life that frankly are quite overwhelming. It's it's not a matter of me doing all these things because I feel like I I should. I mean, I, I do feel like I should, but I'm not doing it because I want to be seen as the guy that does a lot of things. I just intrinsically feel like these are the things that I should be doing because they all lead to one one point, right? And my my philosophy for my life is to inspire those and motivate those that feel like there are no other routes in life. But my philosophy is that you are your greatest resource and you can change the tides and you can become great. Is there struggle? Sure. You're not entitled to a struggle-free life, but do you have the capacity and the ability to work around these struggles? Yes. The problem is though, a lot of these problems or stresses are self-imposed. Going back to my example earlier, me being afraid to fail in business when I'm only in quarter one of business and I have clients should not be should not be an indicator for me as to what moves I should be making next. If anything, the indicator there is like, okay, it's working, time to grow. And the funny thing is you can force yourself to grow within the personal endeavors that you're trying to do and still be petrified. But what I've learned is when you're scared, usually that means you're onto something. Of course, there are plenty of times where you know, you should genuinely be afraid of doing something and you should definitely consider what's at stake if this does go awry. However, let's say you get all your all your plans sorted out. You figured it all out. You know what to do, what to expect, and how to mitigate these issues and how to work around them. Realistically, your fear should be dramatically reduced. At this point, I believe it would only be a matter of your own performance and how you view it which would be the determining factor as to how, quote-unquote, scared you are to do something. However, in this case, going back to what I was saying before, if you have the plan, and plans do go awry sometimes, but at the very least, having a schematic of what is going to come or what's at stake should give you a bird's-eye view on your objective and better help you prepare for what's to come. So how do we apply all of that jargon into real life application. Well, for starters, writing shit down definitely helps. I know for myself, whenever I write things down as far as personal or objectives are concerned, my head after is much clearer and I could also systematically focus on my objectives. So as of right now, I have a bunch of papers on my wall, like one of those crazy conspiracy theorist guys, like if the FBI like broke into my room, they'd be like, what the fuck? This kid's got papers everywhere. Like I've got all these graphs and all these different type of like theories and writings on my wall. And it does look sporadic when I look at it, but these are things that help me stay organized and stay on top of my game. Everyone's rituals is going to look different. You know, it's just a matter of how do you apply these things in order to become the best version of yourself. And when we talk about being the best, best version of yourself, visualizing it is good, but accepting it is even better. And I think we have a hard time with that in today's society because 
I do feel like at some point we do praise mediocrity. Like everyone wants a pat on the back for just trying. And I understand things are hard. But what separates you from other people or what puts you on another level is the ability to go beyond what is the the prerequisites. You know, like being the guy who gets the 100 on a test, everyone's getting 100 isn't really saying much. But being the guy that gets 100 on a test where 98% only get about a 75, 80 is pretty, pretty huge, in my opinion. So you have to be able to accept that there's a chance you might actually be really, really good at something. And that sounds so backwards. Someone might be thinking right now, like, why would you accept, have to accept that you might be good at something? Because sometimes when you're growing up, you know, you have social conditions that tell you, oh, you can't do X, Y, and Z, or you have people that try to put limits on what to do. Like they tell you to only focus on one thing. And I think that's stupid because you can focus on one thing, of course, but your life is potentially so long. Like you potentially have so many decades from now. Well, depending on how old you are listening to this. I did make a point to say no boomers in my description, but you're probably listening. But in this case, yes. Depending on how many decades or years or months or whatever the case may be, how much time, because that's really it, and even though time's abstract, depending on how much time you have left, like doing one thing is going to be boring at some point. I think my theory on life is, or like level concepts. So for example, being able to provide for yourself be able to, you know, create a source of income and being clean and healthy. Although some people don't achieve those things, which is true. And that is an unfortunate circumstance in life. I do believe that is a level one concept. The next concept would be if you decide to go the family route would be building a family. That's another that's like level two. If you decide to go the entrepreneur route, it's build a business and start to create your quote unquote empire. And I believe once you've completed level two, you move on to level three. Level three becomes becoming more of an influence, um, being able to now do a lot of philanthropy work. I'm, I'm mapping out my life right now, actually. Being able to do a lot of philanthropy work, being able to invest into some heavy hitting assets like buying companies, merging, things of that nature. And level four, my level four concept of life is being able to now become a public speaker, um, having some political influence, and leaving a legacy. It doesn't have to necessarily be with children, but it could be with books, music, art, societal projects, anything. Anything that you put your mind to can be a legacy if you do it right. So I don't think, I think what we need to do as a society is, or just as individuals, sit down with ourselves, take, take those moments, because we don't take those moments at all. Take those moments, sit down with ourselves and really come to a conclusion like, what kind of life do I want to live? Because you can design your life. Your life could really be what, whatever you want it to be. And I'd like to think that I'm an example of that. Uh, for example, here's a good one. Uh, just like about two weeks ago, I wrapped up a photo shoot with Raycon. I have, now I don't have a modeling agency, I have no one in my corner. I have no agents getting me gigs. I just Google like modeling gigs in New York City and apply. Like realistically, just apply. And my belief is because I stay in shape and I'm always ready, I don't have to get ready. So because of that, those qualities, I firmly believe that I am a highly sought after model. Now, do I get like Calvin Klein sending me emails? No. 
However, I think it's that belief that lands me these semi-large, to me they're large, but to society, well, who gives a fuck, which lands me these large-ass fucking gigs, because, you know, a motherfucker out here trying, and I believe in myself, and as individuals, we need to believe in ourselves. We have lost the ability to believe in ourselves, and we now make so many moves out of fear, it's not even funny. Like, honestly, do you really want to end up working for the next 40 years, working for a company that doesn't give a flying fuck about you? Like, let's be real. I would rather take the chances of living on the subway because my business <laughs> failed, and God forbid that ever actually happened. I don't think that would ever happen. Um, but I would rather take those chances working on something that is mine as opposed to working for someone else. Because I, I get it. You can join someone else's team and become a part of their, their group and really impact the world. Um, however, I do firmly believe in anyone's ability. Like, I'm a humanist in nature. I believe in anyone's ability to become great because we all innately have that ability. So, final thoughts. First question, where to from here? Maybe you've listened to this whole thing knowing that you have an idea that you haven't taken action yet because you've been living out of fear. My suggestion to you, take a chance on the wild side. Be willing to bet on yourself and take a chance. You never know what can happen. So guys, that was pretty much it for today. I know it was rather short, but I wanted to keep it short and sweet for this week. Something a little motivating for you guys to be inspired by. Next week, we got a couple more announcements coming up. But of course, all that will be said next week. So, les amis, I hope you guys have a great day. Bon journée. This is your boy Roy, and you've been listening to Back to Center Podcast. Yup!